0: The 13th Domestic Training Preparation for marriage is an essential part of education. Upon no account should the marriage relation be entered upon until the parties have a knowledge of the duties of a practical domestic life. The wife should have culture of mind and manners that she may be qualified to rightly train the children they may be given her. Many ladies accounted well-educated having graduated with honors at some institution of learning are shamefully ignorant of the practical duties of life. They are destitute of the qualifications necessary for the proper regulation of family and hence essential to its happiness. They may talk of woman's elevated sphere and of her rights. Yet, they themselves fall far below the true sphere of woman. It is the right of every daughter of Eve to have a thorough knowledge of household duties. To receive training in every department of domestic labour, every young lady should be so educated that if called to fill the position of wife and mother, she may preside as a queen in her own domain. She should be fully competent to guide and instruct her children and to direct her servants, or, if need be, to minister with her own hands to the wants of a household. It is her right to understand the mechanism of the human body and the principles of hygiene, the matters of diet and dress, labour and recreation, and countless others that intimately concern the well-being of a household. It is her right to obtain such a knowledge of the best method of treating disease that she can care for her children in sickness, instead of leaving her precious treasures in the hands of stranger nurses and physicians. The idea that ignorance of useful employment is an essential characteristic of the true gentleman or lady is contrary to the design of God in the creation of man. Idleness is a sin. Ignorance of common duties is the result of folly, which after life will give ample occasion to bitterly regret. Young women think that it is menial to cook and do other kinds of housework and for this reason, many girls who marry and have the care of their families have little idea of the duties devolving upon a wife and mother. It should be a law that young people should not get married unless they know how to care for the children that are brought into their family. They must know how to take care of his house that God has given them. Unless they understand in regard to the law which God has established in the system, they cannot understand their duty to God or themselves. Domestic training should be in the college curriculum. The education which the young men and women who attend our college should receive in the home life is deserving of special attention. It is of great importance in the work of character building that students who attend our college be taught to take up the work that is appointed them, throwing off all inclination to sloth. They need to f- become familiar with the duties of daily life. They should be taught to their domestic duties, truly and well. And as little noise and confusion as possible. Everything should be done decently and in order. The kitchen and all other parts of the building should be kept sweet and clean. Books should be laid aside till the proper season, and no more studies should be taken than than can be attended to without neglecting the household duties. The studies of books is not to engross the mind to the neglect of home duties upon which the comfort of the family depends. In the performance of these duties, careless, neglectful, disorderly habits should be overcome, for unless corrected these habits will be carried into every phase of life, and the life will be spoiled for usefulness. A knowledge of homemaking is indispensable. Many of the branches of study They consume the students' times are not essential to usefulness or happiness, but it is essential for every youth to have a true acquaintance with everyday duties. If need be, a young woman can dispense with a knowledge of French and algebra or even of the piano. But it is indispensable that she learn to make good bread, to fashion neatly fitting garments. And to perform efficiently the many duties that pertain to homemaking. To the health and happiness of the whole family, nothing is more vital than skill and intelligence of the part of the cook. By ill-prepared, unwholesome food, she may hinder and even ruin both the adult's usefulness and the child's development, or by providing food adapted to the needs of the body and at the same time inviting the Relatable, she can accomplish as much in the right as otherwise she accomplishes in the wrong direction. So, in many ways, life happiness is bound up with the faithfulness in common duties. Give attention to the principles of hygiene. The principles of hygiene, as applied to diet, exercise, the care of children, the treatment of the sick, and many like matters, should be given much more attention than they ordinarily receive. In the study of hygiene, the earnest teacher will improve every opportunity to show the necessity of perfect cleanliness, both in personal habits and in all one's surroundings. Teach the pupil that a health, healthful sleeping room, a truly clean kitchen, and a tastefully arranged, wholesomely supplied table will go farther to will go further. Towards securing the happiness of the family, and the regard of every sensible visitor, than any amount of expensive furnishing in the drawing room. That the life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment, is a lesson no less needed now than when given by the divine teacher, eighteen hundred years ago. A young lady counselled to acquire habits of industry. You have peculiarities of character which need to be sternly disciplined and resolutely controlled before you can with any safety enter the marriage relation. Therefore, marriage should be put from your mind until you overcome the defects in your character, for you would not make a happy wife. You have neglected to educate yourself for systematic household labor. You have not seen the necessity of acquiring habits of industry. The habit of enjoying useful labor once formed will never be lost. You are then prepared to be placed in any circumstances in life and you will be fit for the position. You will learn to love activity. If you enjoy enjoy useful labor, your mind will be occupied with your employment and you will not find time to indulge in dreamy fancies. Knowledge of useful labor will impart to your restless and dissatisfied mind energy, efficiency and a becoming modest dignity which will command respect value of practical education for girls many who consider it necessary for a son to be trained with reference to his own future maintenance seems to consider it entirely optional with herself whether or not the daughter is educated to be independent and self-supporting she usually learns little at school which can be put to practical use in earning her daily bread and receiving no instruction at home in the mysteries of the kitchen and domestic life. She grows up utterly useless a burden upon her parents. A woman who has been taught to take care of herself is also fit to take care of others. She will never be a drug in the family or in society. When fortune frowns, there will be a place for her somewhere. A place where she can earn an honest living and assist those who are dependent upon her. One woman should be trained to some business whereby she can gain a livelihood if necessary. Passing over other honorable employments, every girl should learn to take charge of the domestic affairs of home. Should be a cook, a housekeeper, a seamstress. She should understand all those things which is necessary that the mistress of a house should know whether her family are rich or poor. Then, if a reverse comes, she is prepared for an emergency. She is in a manner independent of circumstances. A knowledge of domestic duties is beyond price to every woman. There are families without number whose happiness is wrecked by inefficiency of the wife and mother. It is not so important that our daughters learn painting, fancy work, music or even keyboard or the figures of rhetoric, as they learn how to cut, make and mend their own clothing or to to prepare food in a wholesome and palatable manner. When a little girl is 9 or 10 years old, she should be required to take her regular share in household duties as she is able and should be held responsible for the manner in which she does her work. That was a wise father. That was a wise father who, when asked what he intended to do with his daughters, replied, I intend to apprentice them to the excellent mother, that they may learn the art of improving time and be fitted to become wives and mothers, head of families and useful members of society. The prospective husband should be thrifty and industrious. In early times, customs required the bridegroom before the ratification of a marriage engagement to pay a sum of money or its equivalent in other property according to his circumstances to the father of his wife. This was regarded as a safeguard to the marriage relation, fathers did not think it safe to trust the happiness of the daughters to men who had not made provisions for the f- to support of the family. If they had not sufficient thrift and energy to manage business and acquire cattle lands, it was feared that their life would prove worthless. But provision was made to test those who had nothing to pay for a wife. They were permitted to labour for the father whose daughter they love. The length of time being regulated by the value of the dowry required. When the tutor was faithful in his service and provided in other respects worthy, he obtained the daughter as his wife and generally the dowry which the father had received was given her at her marriage. The ancient custom, though sometimes abused as by laban, was productive of good results. When the tutor was required to render service to secure his bride, a hasty marriage was prevented, and there was opportunity to test the depth of his affections as well as his ability to provide for a family. In our time, many evils result from pursuing an opposite cause. No man is excusable for being without financial ability of many a man, it may be said he is kind, amiable, generous. A good man, a Christian, but he is not qualified to manage his own business. As far as the outlay of means is concerned, he is a mere child. He has not been brought up by his parents to understand and to practice the principles of self-support.